Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jace Lipschutz, and I am an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Billboard.com. Based in New York, on the other line in Los Angeles, the only one who wasn't annoyed to have a free U2 album in his iTunes, Keith Caulfield. How's it going, Keith? I'm swell. How are you? I'm good, man. You now you got you. We talked about this last week. You did actually get the free YouTube album. Like I, I had to click download, but you just got it straight in your iTunes, right? Uh, no, I was I I was wrong when I said that. I still had to actually, uh, you know, uh, absorb it into said iTunes. I've I've spent the past week reading tweets about kids just going, "Where's why is this YouTube album in my iTunes?" It's free. Ah, I got to delete. And then I, I read like an article that was like how to get rid of the U2 album from your iTunes. And I think it was basically just delete it. I, you know, I, I definitely had like an old man shaking his fist moment over this thing of like, you kids, it's free. Anyway, um, going off of that, it's time for a fall music preview. <laughs> uh, and we here at the Pop Shop Podcast are joined by three very special guests this week. Um, I will let you guys introduce yourselves. You're all in the New York office. Starting with uh, Megan over here. Hi, I'm Megan Berger, and I'm a staff writer for the magazine. I'm Harley Brown. I was, I have to say, pleased to find a free U2 album in my iTunes. Yeah, it's great, right? It is great. I mean, who doesn't love a new free who album? Long so- who doesn't love songs <laughs> of innocence? Exactly. Or Bono and the Edge. Anyway, I am also a staff writer for Billboard magazine. And I am Stephen Horowitz. I'm a, I am blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Associate editor at the magazine, and um, I didn't know that was your title. Yeah, yeah, actually, it's new. I got promoted, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I uh, did not care about YouTube in my iTunes, but I cared about Lil Kim's new mixtape. So oh. I'm just gonna plug that right there. Was that did that just magically <laughs> appear in your I, iTunes? As I well? actually had to go out of my way to get it, but oh. it was worth it. Well, there you go, yeah. uh, Keith. We are going to be talking about. All the big releases of Q4, Taylor Swift, Foo Fighters, Nicki Minaj, One Direction, Lil Wayne, maybe Jay-Z and Beyonce, Charlie XCX, and of course, Cheek to Cheek by Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett. But first, uh, Keith, it's the fall rush is already on. There were seven album debuts in the top ten this week on the Billboard 200. Lecrae is number one. Uh, Janae Aiko is number three. Ryan Adams, number four. Interpol, number seven. Uh, those are four of the seven. Um, Keith, you wrote about this this morning. Um, pretty remarkable that Lecrae has finally topped the Billboard 200. I, I, I saw that his first album debuted at like number 39 on the Gospel Albums chart back in 2005, and now he's number one on the the Total Albums chart. Pretty pretty crazy. 
Yeah, I had to sort of explain, I think, in the story, uh, because I think people don't really know who he is. I think there's probably a lot of people going, Lecrae who? Lecrae? Lecrae. Le he's, he's French. Francais. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's actually been around for a while. He's sold over a million albums. He's sold nearly three million song downloads. Um, and he's been around on the gospel and Christian chart for a while. But because he is a, you know, people term him a Christian rap artist, I think that's why he hasn't really been well-known in the mainstream. But he's been doing quite well um, in his genre. And now, finally, he has his first number one on the Billboard 200. What's also notable about this album, which is called Anomaly, and it sold 88,000 copies in its first week, um, is that it is the first album to top both the gospel albums chart and the Billboard 200. Um, and therefore, you could also say that he's the first Christian rap artist, because of where we categorize him in terms of our genre charts, to be number one on the Billboard 200. I'm sure Two Chains might say that he's also a Christian artist, but that's a different kind of Christian well, when we talk about Christian that's artists. That's true. Um, so, yay for Lecrae. Um, and as you said, we had seven debuts in the top 10 this week. It's the most debuts in the top 10 since last October. Um, so it's just the start of the fall rush when every week there will be a billion things debuting on the chart. And I keep talking about how at some point we are going to have an entire top 10 that is nothing but debuts. And with the way the charts work lately and the, you know, the constant turnover um, at the top of the chart, who knows? That could actually happen this year for the first time. You can feel so, it. You can feel it coming. You can feel it in the air. You can feel it in the air. Yes. Um, now's a good time to mention that we have a great uh, Lecrae magazine feature in Billboard print this week by Lang Whitaker. Uh, it is online as well. Check that out. I am plugging that because I am, of course, surrounded by Billboard print staff. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Megan Trainer is still number one on the Hot 100 chart, and there are all ladies still in the top five of the Hot 100 chart. Keith, that's um, that's that's pretty remarkable, right? Yeah, the ladies first. The ladies first. Someone in the room will get that. Um, <laughs> Money, love, and Queen Latifah. I got it. I'm with you. I'm with you here. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah. So for the second week in the row, the entire top five on the Billboard Hot 100 are all women. Nothing but ladies on the Hot 100. Number one is Megan Trainer with All About That Bass. Number two, holding number two again, is Taylor Swift with Shake It Off. Number three, again, holding is Nicki Minaj and her Anaconda. Number four, up one, uh, Iggy Azalea featuring Rita Ora with Black Widow. And number five, down one spot, is Jesse J, Ariana Grande, and Nicki Minaj with Bang Bang, not to be confused with the Cher song. Um, so the last time we had two weeks in a row where all women were in the top five was way back in February and March of 1999, uh, when we had um, two weeks in a row where uh, Brittany, Cher, Monica, Whitney, and Sarah McLaughlin were all in the top five at the same time. Sarah so, McLaughlin, yes. Yes. Angel was the song that was in the top five for her. So yeah, there you go. Very cool. It's been a while. Uh, not that much action in the top 10, in the top 20 in terms of new arrivals in the Hot 100. Uh, just outside of the top 20, Fall Out Boy returns with Centuries, their new single. Um, debuts at number 22 in the Hot 100. And um, yeah, I mean, this this comeback that they started in early 2013, it, it seems to be getting bigger and bigger. 
we will definitely keep an eye on that as well. So, so guys, uh, Harley, Megan, and Steven are here to talk about the fall music preview. And um, by the way, uh, another magazine plug they put together, they helped put together a, a brilliant fall music preview uh, a couple weeks ago in Billboard Print. Check that out as well online. All of the writing is there. And so, so let's get to it, guys. I, I mean, it, it seems to me, and I, I highlighted this up front, uh, there seems to be four massive, huge superstar releases on the docket. As of right now, there's, there could be more, you know, coming into the fold. Uh, but in terms of ones that are actually slated to come out, Taylor Swift, Foo Fighters, Nicki Minaj, and One Direction. And let's start with Taylor Swift, which is coming out uh, October 27th. The album is 1989. It is her fifth album. What do you guys hope to see from Taylor Swift's pop first pop album? I mean, we have Shake It Off already. It is number two on the Hot 100. It was number one. Um, yeah, what do you guys what do you guys hope to see, Steven? I don't, I don't know, honestly. I mean, I don't... It, her last album was kind of more of a pop album in itself, so I don't sure. really know uh, how far she can like stray from that, that template. Um, so I feel like as long as we get a sequel-esque to Red, um, I think I'd be pretty content. It seemed like her last album was kind of like a hodgepodge of like everything. There was like pop and dubstep and folk dubstep. And, and country and... Yeah, I mean, what what do you guys think? I'd like to see less dubstep from Taylor Swift. Less dubstep. <laughs> oh, I like that song a lot. I have to say, I'm not in. I'm not into the idea that artists like co-opt fads for their songs, and I feel like she's a big uh, culprit of doing this. I feel like she, and it to me, it emphasizes like a lack of identity. It's like you know she was fine with her pop crossover, country crossover territory, mm-hmm. and. Uh, as someone who I guess listens to dubstep, pure dubstep, it felt very, <laughs> it felt very like poser, dubstep. poser to me. And sure. so I, I would hope that if she's going to go pop, that she does it without kind of trending too much into territory that that she doesn't really own. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this is sort of a make or break moment for Taylor. Like with Red, she was still sort of country music's darling at that point, and was kind of, you know sort of making steps towards leaving the nest, but I think now that she has made it clear that she's breaking from country and that's a very, like, the people in that genre can be very unforgiving and so I think that if this album does not do well, she can't really go back. Yeah. So, I have the faith that she can pull it off, mostly, but, yes, it would be nice to see not as much dubstep. <laughs> we'll see. It's interesting because it's almost like I, I get the sense that Taylor Swift's almost in like a too big to fail kind of moment where it's like, you know, she can do anything at this juncture in her career and people will love it. She's just that popular. She's just that huge of a personality and a superstar. I mean, you think about Shake It Off as, as uh, you know, a different sound for her, at least a, a little bit different than, you know, the guitar-inflected country pop of something like We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. And then Shake It Off debuts at number one on the Hot 100. I mean, it it, it sold like hundreds of thousands of copies of downloads in his first week. I, I mean, it, it will be interesting to see what this album brings. Uh, you got It's a, a safe bet for one of the biggest debuts of the year. Um, Keith, was her last album, that was the last one to sell over a million in its first week, right? Indeed, it was. And she seems like the most likely person that could possibly do it 
barring a surprise release from Adele. Um, that yeah, I mean, to even sell anything these days is kind of an achievement. So I think <laughs> I think right now she's probably the only artist that most people would think. Aside from maybe a crazy outside shot from like you know Garth Brooks if he pulls some sort of crazy deal at Walmart or something, or Little Wayne if something magical happens, just because they've both done a million in the past. But um, Taylor seems like the lock to to do a million. If anyone can do it, she could. So we're gonna get to Garth Brooks in a second. I, I want to go to the Foo Fighters though. Sonic Highways um, coming out in November, and. You know, this is this is kind of speaking of a little bit of a sidestep. This is kind of I, I don't really know what to expect from this album. I know we really haven't heard anything from it, but just the the concept behind it of you know recording multiple like one song in each city and you know with different people and kind of it's almost like an homage to the USA or, or you know something along those lines. What do you guys? What kind of vibe do you guys get from this project? From I, I mean, is this like the big? rock album of of q4 now that u2 kind of happened and probably won't sell as quite as much now that it's a free album what do you what do you think megan i think you have to be careful i think rock right now is at sort of a fragile place i think it's one of those things that always falls victim to branding Mm -hmm. and that's the number one thing that its fans tend to reject and this tactic feels like very obvious branding to me you think so? How so? Um, the you mentioned the sort of like a highway effect <laughs> and um, road tripping with the Foo <laughs> Fighters. Like yeah, and I like that Route sixty six idea is like a very romantic one, but it's not. It doesn't pull me in. I don't connect yeah. with it personally. It feels like something my parents would really like dig. Wow. Oh wow, the parents. That's wow. and that's. I have cool parents. You're serving up. You're serving cool up. Parents. You're serving up some haterade so far. I have some on cool parents. That's not podcast. an insult. But I, I, I am just very resistant. To, and it, it's happen, It happens in every genre. I think if you look at yeah. Porter Robinson and EDM, he's very branded right now. So you just, I, I'm very resistant, resistant to anything that feels like, um. I guess too over designed, and that approach feels over designed. Yeah, to me. and the same thing with you know Foo Fighters. This album is going to be documented in an, like an HBO series, also called Sonic Highways. Um, One Direction is on its fourth album. It is uh, spectacularly titled Four. Now this is kind of interesting because you know we we've at, at Billboard.com. I don't know if you guys you know check our growing One Direction <laughs> coverage. But we've written a lot about how it's it's kind of an anomaly for One Direction to keep going into a fourth album because by the time a boy band, especially a, a best-selling boy band, you think Backstreet Boys, In Sync, the big the last big hurrah is always kind of the third album. Like Celebrity was In Sync's last album, Black and Blue. You go it, the list goes on and on. New Kids on the Block were the same way. What do you guys you know? hope happens with One Direction. And, and I'm looking at Steven when I asked this question. I mean, they kind of moved into rock on Midnight Memories. Like, is this like, they're they're still playing stadiums, but it's it's like something like this seems like it could be so fleeting. What, what do you think about like the state of One Direction? Right. So there's been talk that this is probably One Direction's last album yeah. before they go solo, which yeah. I mean, only feels natural. Yeah. Given kind of the history of NSYNC and Backstreet Boys to a lesser extent. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, in terms of uh, how One Direction's actually doing, um, I feel like they've been usurped 
by five seconds of summer. Oh, really? So yeah. you already think it's you already think like and five I think it's already summer. happens. But I mean, I think uh, like what happened with NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and Boyzone and Boyzone was <laughs> the third one you went with. Okay, I'm just you know <laughs> the third one. Just naming okay. some boy bands. I uh, no uh, boy band um, boy band popularity uh, comes in waves. So yeah. uh, history is, I think, bound to repeat itself. Um, I think this will kind of peter out after five seconds of summer, and uh, we'll have to wait probably another ten years for another resurgence. But wow. by then, One Direction will be on the reunion tour with. The Wanted. With The Wanted. Yes. <laughs> I just want to point out that Steven knows a lot about this because he has a One Direction chapter book at his desk. I do wow. have the okay, galley so for their official autobiography. Oh, really? <laughs> What's going on there? It's a lot of pictures and exclamation <laughs> points. <laughs> well, they're excited, Steven. Come on. <laughs> Who wouldn't be excited? Um, the final big one I want to talk about is uh, Nicki Minaj's The Pink Print, which is coming out also in November. I just feel like this is the exclamation point, speaking of exclamation points, on, on just a ton of positive buzz around Nicki Minaj. I, it's funny because maybe I'm wrong in, in remembering this, but I feel like when Pink Friday Roman Reloaded came out in April 2012, people weren't, like, they didn't fall in love with that album. And it was it was kind of like, is this a pop album? Is this a rap album? What's going to be the big single? And... Ever since then, I mean, I think it's just because of Nicki Minaj, her personality, her, you know, her guest verses, everything she's already released from the pink print has gotten a, a ton of, you know, positivity around it. It just seems like this is like Nicki Minaj's moment. Do you guys think I, she's already a big star? Do you guys think that this is the, the project that's going to take her to from star, from star to superstar? I think so, especially stylistically this summer. She really like kind of tone down her like what she wore and her makeup style and I feel like that made certain people who maybe hadn't considered her seriously like start to consider her more seriously yeah. and so I think that kind of paved the way for the success of Anaconda which is an amazingly insane video <laughs> and you know the whole booty craze and so I think that's gonna lead into this album doing quite well yeah yeah what, what do you think what do you think guys I agree I think this is her moment I think it's interesting. I felt the same way about her last album, but I also felt like at that point she was still known as like a feature. Like, yeah. it, like she people knew she could carry a verse, but like what was her identity on a lar in a larger scale? Yeah. But she's become like such a pop cultural fixture, even outside music, like in movies, that yeah. I, I feel like people are more curious about her now and interested in what she is bringing to the table. Totally. What What's interesting about Nikki to me is that it, it, unlike Taylor Swift, it seems like Taylor Swift la launches an album every time with like a big first single. And that's like the first single. Everyone gets behind it. It does really well in the Hot 100. I feel like Nicki Minaj just kind of floats songs out and is like, oh, maybe this will work. Oh, and then like usually it takes like three or four tries for her to find something that really sticks. It happened with Super Bass, happened with Starships. And now it, it ha it's kind of happened with Anaconda because Pills and Potions certainly wasn't a huge hit in may I, I think it came out in may or early june late may late may yeah and it, it just you know it, it led to this moment with anaconda which is again in the top five of the hot 100 and yeah it, it's kind of ramping up to this pink print album can, can i say something jason of course you, you can always say something Keith. Well, i just i just wanted to you know hey, i want to ask come on man um 
you know, a month and a half ago or, you know, whatever it was, like, you know, July, early August, we would not be having the same conversation that we're having now about Nicki Minaj because that was before the remix with Beyonce, that was before Bang Bang, and that was before Anaconda, when all of a sudden, Nicki Minaj is really super relevant again, and she wasn't before that. Uh, She Pills and Potions kind of, yeah, it went, you know, it kind of had a moment there for like a week, but then it went away. Um, So... I, it's really all about the timing, and she had an incredible streak where she had like these two huge hit singles plus a really notable remix that elevated her. And now we're talking about her, and she's back. So really, it's amazing what can happen in like a month. Boom. Very true. Very true. So, so Keith, um, I want to ask you about this. Uh, moving on from the Big Four to country music, there's a lot of high profile country albums coming out in the next few months in Q4. Um, Lady Antebellum has a new album coming out in late September. Jason Aldean, Florida Georgia Line, and then as the as the aforementioned Garth Brooks is finally returning. Um, out of those four, Keith, I mean, all really big stars in their own right. Who's the safest bet for monster album sales? Do you think it's you think it's still Garth Brooks? I mean, on the surface, you would think it's Garth, but I mean, he's sort of been out of the game for a while. Yeah, so it's hard to say, right? Yeah, I don't think I'm not sure, you know, sort of the the young fans of country radio that, you know, and and you know sort of the Jason Aldean fans think of him any different than like George Strait. Like, you know, maybe they just think of him as like sort of the elder statesman of country music if they even think of him that way. I mean, when you've taken yourself out of the business for so long, I'm not sure who's really here to care. Um and when you look at our country airplay chart, um his new single isn't quite setting the world on fire as we often say on this show um the song which is called uh people loving people debuted at number 19 on the country airplay chart which is pretty good you know typical sort of superstar level entry but then it fell to number 23 this week so that's not good that you had the big decline in your second week for the first single from this big comeback album so garth is a big question mark um lady annabellum not as big as they were with Need You Now, so and that was a couple albums ago, so no. Um, even though their song Bartender is doing fine. Uh, so it's really up to Jason Aldean and Florida, Florida Georgia Line. Yeah. Um, and I, it's hard to say because is Florida Georgia Line more of a, a track artist, like a singles artist, because they, they have be, these yeah. crossover hits? Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, though, that I, I bring up these country artists because if you think about... I mean, we're, we're talking about albums that are coming out in Q4, and it seems like some of the biggest albums of the year so far have been, you know, surprising country artists kind of taking the next step, like I like I said, for to superstardom. You think about someone like Eric Church, who had one of the biggest album debuts of the year. Even Brantley Gilbert sold over 200,000 his first week. Um, Miranda Lambert had a, had a first number one album. I, I mean, it's this is something that, yeah, maybe some someone like Florida Georgia Line picked up all those fans from Cruise and is is still rolling along. Um, yeah. Well, I'd just say that their, their album, uh, Here's to the Good Times, has sold 2 million. Yeah. Yeah. And so they are so selling copies. You kind of figure at least a quarter of them will show up in the first week. I mean, you're, you, you hope that a quarter of them will care to show up and maybe they'll do half a million. But that seems like even a stretch to talk about for almost any artist these days. So who knows? I think it's Jason or Florida, Edge to Jason... A little bit so there you go so let's move on to hip-hop um let's talk about two albums that i don't know if they're coming out first kanye west the follow-up to yeezus 
and Lil Wayne, the Carter Five. Now, I, I guess the safer bet is the Carter Five coming out, right? It seems like it might come I've out. I've heard it's, it's stuck to its release date. Okay. That's the rumor. All right, so that is the rumor. Um, is there any way this album actually turns out to be any good? Because his his last good album was 2008, maybe? Uh, well, the Carter Four, uh, some people liked. Some uh, people I was like. not some of those people. <laughs> um, I don't think Lil Wayne has put out a good record since the Carter Three, to yeah. be honest. I mean, I oh, thought wait. Rebirth was terrible. Oh, and a shame. Come on. Shame on anyone that supported that. Come on. Um, I want Rebirth, too. I, I joke on Erica's podcast all the time about no. Rebirth, too. Um, I mean, from what we've heard from <laughs> the Carter Five so far, he put out the single with Drake, yep. um, which is essentially a Drake record featuring Lil Wayne. Yes. So I'm not quite sure uh, what we're going to get on it. But knowing Wayne, he doesn't actually select what goes on his albums. Like, I remember when he found out that he sold a million copies in the first week of the Carter Three. um, Someone was interviewing him and he was saying, I don't even know what records are on this album. So, I mean, you could just take it for what it's worth, but I don't. I don't know if it's and we all root for Lil Wayne. I feel like we all want Lil Wayne to get back to his, you know, drought three heyday. No ceilings of no even yeah no ceilings. I guess was probably that was probably so. Oh nine was probably his bet his last probably really good. How is it possible that an I'm sorry? How is it possible that an artist does not even know what is on their album? Is that (laughs) I mean is that just was he being flip in the interview? I think he just does. He records a ton of music, and then probably someone like Cortez Bryant decides what ends up on the LP. That's kind of what. That's kind of how I felt about Lil Wayne in two thousand nine. Like I feel like he was at a point where he was showing up on songs that he didn't know he was on. Like he would just turn on the radio, <laughs> like Kevin Rudolph like, records, yeah, and hear like a Jay Sean song, and he's like, "Oh wait, I'm. Is that me? Is that is that my voice?" But anyway, um, yeah, it's it's crazy and and. You know, we all hope for the best for the Carter Five. Kanye, I don't know if, if Kanye is going to come out this year. Um, have you guys heard anything about that? Or I've heard it's coming. You heard it's coming. I heard it's coming. Okay, so I think we can expect it maybe next month. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Or like we'll a see. Christmas album. <laughs> Kanye's Christmas. Christmas. Although he did put out Christmas in Harlem, Christmas which was a great Harlem record. Is a great, great record. Um, a couple others in terms of hip hop. Um, while we were getting ready f- to record this podcast, Rick Ross announced his second album of 2014, the follow up to Mastermind. So that is 100% coming out, I guess. Um, is at- it? Yeah, hey, come on. Rick Ross is, is notorious for pushing his albums, though. So November 24th. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. No, you're right. I mean,. But at Thanksgiving, I would not. Object also, to for that. him to put out his record on the same day as Nicki Minaj is not going to make him look good. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's a great point. November twenty fourth, <laughs> uh, Hood Billionaire. Um, so we have that to look forward to. Kendrick Lamar might come out with a new album. I feel like that might be more early two thousand fifteen. Yeah. He is uh, apparently expected to release a new single soon. Uh, Ti has a new album coming out. Wale. Um, Maybe Jay-Z and Beyonce. You never know. Um, and they might have a new baby. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard. Oh. oh they're going to be releasing a new baby to stores? <laughs> that could be Exclusive a huge, <laughs> huge Q4 release right there. Um, so, I, I mean, it seems It'll like... It'll just show up in your phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Um, so, moving on, uh, because we are already running out of time. We have to talk about pop music. So, Lady Gaga, Tony Bennett... 
have Cheek to Cheek coming out. And I don't know. I, I, Keith and I have talked about this this album um, a bunch on Pop Shop Podcast. What, what do you guys feel like? Well, like what? What do you guys? How do you guys feel when you're when you're like, oh yeah, in a week we have a Lady Gaga, Tony Bennett album and tour coming up. Personally, I'm not jumping in line to buy the record, but I think the two of them are adorable and sort of kindred spirits in this old school performing sense, and just the obvious affection they have for each other sure. makes anything that comes from them very much anticipated. I think. Kudos to Tony Bennett, by the way, because he is just, you know, continuing to he, he's basically playing the Santana supernatural card of just having the youngsters do all the work. And then not musically, but in terms of like promotion, like everybody. Yeah, everybody's excited about Lady Gaga's next project. And yeah, Tony Bennett's Tony Bennett's still killing it. So um, that is coming out, I believe, September 23rd. Um we have new singles coming from Fergie and Gwen Stefani. We don't know if albums are coming in Q4, but it does seem like new stuff is coming from Fergie and Gwen Stefani. I wrote a lot about Fergie already this week. I wrote an eight-year appreciation of the Duchess um, because why the hell not? Um, because it's a classic. It is a classic. Come on. Will the kids still care about Gwen Stefani and Fergie, Megan? Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. I care so much about Gwen Stefani. It's really, I do. I very much care. I was, I very much care. How much do you very, care about Very, very much. In a fashion sense, in a music sense, she, I think she's like an icon. Yeah. I think, I think we can definitely expect stuff from No Doubt next year. And I think it's very timely. I think that, like, there's such a 90s nostalgia going on, such an appreciation of that, yeah. like, super extravagant and kind of like in your face um music and i think that she really represents kind of for for me she feels a little bit like the antithesis of taylor swift and i think that when we were talking about earlier like i think that there's an exhaustion that might be swelling there i think she can be a little over branded i think she can be a little too present you're going in on taylor swift i think she's i'll say i think she's i think she works really hard to get the numbers that she gets but i think there is a little bit of a danger of saturation and there are certain artists that represent the opposite of that i think lord can kind of be an opposing factor i think gwen stefani has like the edge that represents a relief from that and i think that combined with this sort of 90s movement we have going on, I think there's a lot of people that are excited about it. But, I mean, who knows if the numbers will reflect that. Yeah, I just, you know, with both Gwen and Fergie, I just don't know. I I mean, if you think about Fergie, like eight years is a long time. It's just a long time to be out of the game, really. And, you know, I think about somebody like Nelly Furtado, who had a huge hit in 2006, the same year that... uh, no, not the same year. Yeah, it was the same sexy year. back year, right? Yeah, yeah, it was 2006. It was the same year as Fergie's The Duchess. Uh, and, yeah. um, you know, Nelly Furtado had a bunch of hits, Promiscuous and uh, Maneater and Say It Right. And then, you know, she waited a while before coming back with, um, you know, big hoops, the bigger the better. Hoops, the bigger the better. Um, and we all learned that the bigger the better hoops are, you know, the more your album will flop. The more your album <laughs> will not do well. But just but that's the thing is that you take so much time to to ready your next project. I mean, hey, I'm hopeful I, that both these projects do well, Gwen and Fergie. But uh, I guess we'll see. Another one uh, in terms of pop music to keep an eye on: Charlie XCX 
Her sophomore album, Sucker, is out on October 21st. She already has a top 10 hit from that album. Boom, clap. Um, definitely looking forward to that one, and as, as I'm sure you guys all are. Yeah. I think she. this will definitely be her breakout moment. I mean, we were just talking in this magazine meeting we had about Bonnie McKee, another songwriter who, granted, her solo career was a lot less successful than Charlie XX's. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting to see how pop songwriters break out into the mainstream as their own artists and I think Charlie XCX is definitely capable of doing that and I also just saw apparently she's selling tampons as tour merch so hey, that's something else I was going to do that <laughs> sorry oh, Jason oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm just trying to usurp your position Damn. here well there you go no I I, I, I can't wait um, to hear this whole album uh, sucker October 21st um, so let's get to um, let's do the, the big finish the odds and ends of the fall music preview um, in terms of dance music uh, Megan you are our dance guru in, yes. in, the, in the room uh, what projects are you most excited about in, in terms of EDM are like Stevie Aoki I know has a new album coming out in yes. the future what, how, what, are you, what are you feeling about just in general what, what do you think I think that there's a lot going on in dance music right now. I think there's a lot of big albums coming out, but I'm not necessarily sure what the caliber of them will be. I think numbers-wise, Cal- numbers wise, Calvin Harris is going to dominate for yeah. sure, um, and he'll have the buzziest features in the genre. Um, and I think Stevie Oki will do really well live. Stevie Oki always does well live. He's coming to MSG. Yeah. Um, so I don't think those. I, I don't doubt that those albums will do well. I'm personally really excited about Flying Lotus. Um, yes. He has yeah. an album coming out. I just interviewed him last week, and it was really fascinating. He's always doing really left field, kind of um, borderline unrelatably weird stuff. But I like that and. Um, I'm really excited to go listen to Boys Noise. Just did an album with Chili Gonzalez um, mm. called Octave Minds that came out, I think, earlier this week. And it's very piano-based. It's super different. Yeah. Boys Noise is a German techno producer, basically. And it, it's really out of the box for him. So I think some of the most exciting projects for me are the ones that probably won't chart at all. Well, are you excited about uh, that Jack U project with... Diplo and, and yeah, Sparks. I've seen Jackie a few times. Okay, um, and I just saw them at Heart LA. They canceled their Electric Zoo. They weren't they were not able to play at Electric Zoo because yeah. of the cancellation. Um, I saw that they will play MSG, and I think that'll be huge. When I've seen them, it's been bananas. There's no higher energy performance, um, and I think their material will be really interesting. But Diplo is always one to watch. I think he has stuff with Madonna coming out. You know, yeah. I think. I, I don't imagine that they will pursue Jack U much beyond the occasional novelty performance, but I think, obviously, if you have the chance to see them, it'll be amazing. Very cool. So, Harley, you wrote uh, in the fall music preview about Weezer. I did. They have a new album coming out, and have I, so my question about Weezer is they, they've taken a couple years off after pumping out a bunch of albums in around you know the early 2010s, late 2000s. Have people forgotten how bad their past few albums have been? I mean, the thing is, I feel like there's actually really excitement. There's real excitement about this Weezer album, and that's that's great. I'm I you know I'm a Weezer fan. 
However, their last few albums were very bad in terms of Ratitude and Hurley. What do you think about this? Well, I think a lot of the excitement has to do with the fact that they're working with Rick Okasek again, who who did the Green Album and the Blue Album. Um, And from the first couple of singles, it sounds like they are trying to return to their earliest sound. And I think they do have a very strong fan base that is also very forgiving. I think the critics might be less so. Um, And now that, you know, Bethany Costantino might be on board again. And so that's something else that they have going for them. So again, we'll see what happens. I, I think people have selective memories and yeah. also the album art is pretty great. So <laughs> that's true. I hope for the best with every with every um, Weezer album, and like you said, Rico Kasich's on on board with this one. Um, in terms of R and B, Stephen, what's up, man? What am I excited about? Um, yeah, let's, so let's let's talk about a couple things. You're excited about Jesse Ware. I am definitely excited about Jesse Ware. Yeah. Uh, the stuff that she's put out so far has been awesome. I remember wh- I, we saw the Jesse Ware show together. At Bowery. At Bowery Ballroom, And she yeah. was incredible. She That's was incredible. when she won me I over. just remember turning to you a lot and being like, oh, this is my favorite song. And then she played that. Oh, no, this is my favorite song. So, yeah, Jesse. Okay, so Jesse Ware. Yeah, she's great. Um, I mean, there are a few uh, albums that are on the actual release calendar that – um, aren't necessarily confirmed like Jasmine Sullivan has a record that's coming and I'm super excited about that because it's her first album since Love Me Back in 2010 yeah El um, Varner I'm really excited about I think Don't Wanna Dance is probably one of the best R&B records to come out this year yeah. um, but I don't necessarily know if she's confirmed for release date there are a couple rumors about Miguel Miguel apparently has an album coming out October 21st that's I, uh, a rumor. We all we all hope for that to be true. I think everybody wants a Miguel album. Yeah. Who doesn't? Who doesn't want a new Miguel album? And Frank Ocean is rumored to have an album coming out. Yeah, that's actually yeah, that's actually somebody I did not write in this this huge write up for the fall album preview. Shucks. Frank Frank Ocean, I mean, could really I feel like he's someone that that everyone kind of expects to have his new album drop out of thin air. Hasn't happened yet. Hopefully it will happen soon. So let's wrap this up, guys. Um, who will be the breakout star of Q4? Um, this, and I have in my notes, aka this year's Lord. So let's let's go around the round table. Uh, Keith, I hope you're ready as well. Megan, uh, who is your breakout star of Q4? I was actually gonna say my, the one for me the most anticipated is Frank Ocean. Oh, I don't know if that's a, a breakout I don't know if he's star. a breakout star, and I don't think that he's going to have the waves that Lord does, that Lord had. But I can't think of an album that had that sustained as much as his last one, yeah. that people still listen to regularly. That's still important, and I think that like he's had such he's like kind of fired his, his whole staff, and it's kind of regrouping yeah. and doing a whole a whole um, like regroup. And so I'm really, really, really excited about that. Okay. So Channel Orange follow-up. Harley, what about you? Honestly, I think Charlie XCX is going to be the breakout star okay. yeah. of this fall, just because this is such a highly anticipated debut, and she's proven herself like time and time again as a good songwriter. And so I just think she's going to make the most of her moment and not be a sucker. Ah. I agree with that. Pun intended. Steven. I... My uh, anticipated breakout star is Kaisa. Oh, interesting. She, she has an album coming out next month. I, if you're not familiar with her, she put out an EP this summer. Hideaway was a massive hit in the UK. It actually made some waves here as well. 
And I think she's got a really good aesthetic and sound, and I think she's coming at the right time for that because, like Megan was saying before, there's such a, um, uh, I guess, a need for nostalgia, and she has that 90s house sound, and um, I think if she has the right song, she will hit very big, very unexpectedly. Very true. Uh, Keith, what about you, man? Okay, I'm going to sort of cheat. Uh, I'm going to say Idina Menzel. And I know you're thinking, oh, no, she's been around for like a million years. But like, <laughs> most people don't know who she is outside of Frozen. But she has a Christmas album coming. And if you marry the woman from Frozen with Christmas music, you'd think this should be a big hit. So I'm going to say Idina Menzel. I know that's kind of a cheat. No, that's not um, a cheat. What's that album called? I don't know. Uh, I will look it it's up. It's not called I Don't Know. It's, it's, <laughs> it, that, would be a cool, that would be a cool album title. It's kind of like it's kind of like uh, Megan Trainer's new album, which is called Title. Yeah, well, that yeah, that's true. I, I mean, hey man, we're gonna have a uh, we're gonna have a full like Christmas album preview coming up as well. Um, her album is called Holiday Wishes. In case Holiday Wishes, Susan um, Boyle coming with that heat too for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we're. Do you think? Idina Menzel is going to have the big album or Christmas album. I, I saw Darius Rucker has an album coming out. Mm. I mean, so far of the of the, uh, I don't know what are the other Christmas albums that are coming because she's the biggest one that I've heard about so far. Yeah, like, doesn't Sarah know. Silverman have a Christmas album? Sarah Silverman. Well, that's going to be a guaranteed platinum seller. <laughs> I feel like nobody we'll can compete with Menzel on this front. Yeah, it's going to be hard. I, I think Susan Boyle, to be honest, she has a record coming. Hey, man. She just announced it. Never, ever count out Susan Boyle. the voice of Frozen, though? Absolutely. Um, Because Susan Boyle has the track record to to back up She does have an enormous... A diminishing track record. A diminishing track record. (laughs) Thanks, Charles. So, to to give my own breakout star of Q4, I think uh, I've I've heard the Tovlo album. I can't stop talking about the Tovlo album, and she has a top 20 hit with Habits. I think that she really has... The, the songs to, to really get there in terms of just, you know, having people not only know that song, Habits, but who she is and why she's important in pop music. Um, I can't wait to see what comes of her next couple months. So that is my pick for Q4 Breakout Artists. So before we go, Keith, are you still hanging in there, man? Of course. It is, it is time for your Chart Stat of the Week. <laughs> Hey, okay, so 45 years ago. 45, we're going back. Yes, way in the way back machine. 45 years ago this week, on September 20th, 1969, a group that literally did not exist debuted on the Hot 100 with a future number one hit, The Archies with its single Sugar Sugar. Uh, The act existed in name only and was inspired as a tie-in to the animated TV series of the same name based on the successful comic. Uh, Ron Dante sang lead vocals on the song, which spent four weeks at number one later on in 1969. Of course, there was real talent behind the scenes. Andy Kim co-wrote the song, and he would later go on to have his own hit on the Hot 100 with Rock Me Gently. And uh, the Archies aren't the only... fictitious band to have a hit on the Hot 100, of course. Um, There was The Heights, uh, How Do You Talk to an Angel, Uh, Jamie Walters, if you remember that TV show, that was a blip on the radar back on Fox. They had a number one hit with How Do You Talk to an Angel. I mean, they were sort of real on the show, but not really real (laughs) in the real world. Um, 
The Chipmunks, I, I don't think they're going on tour anytime soon, but they're kind of real and they had hits. Um, and then I think a great example of a fictitious group is The Wonders uh, with That Thing You Do uh, from the movie yeah. with the same name. Yeah, uh, it's it's great. If you've ever seen the movie That Thing You Do, it's about a uh, a, a band that had literally one hit uh, in in 1964 called That Thing You Do, and uh, the the song eventually was released as a real single when the movie came out. So uh, fake band, fake single, but then it was released as a real single. And it didn't go top 10, but it peaked at number 41. So they got so close to having a real top 40 hit with a fake band and a fake hit. Anyway, I can go on forever about this, so I won't. But there you go. 45 years ago this week, the Archies debuted with Sugar Sugar. All right, Keith, that was an amazing chart side of the week. All right, guys, we are uh, wrapping up here. Thank you again to Steven, to Harley, to Megan. Thank you, Jason. Oh, thank you. Yeah, what an honor. Guys. Oh, wow. This is all your first Pop Shop podcasts. That, was it Was it fun? Was it everything you, you dreamt of? I'm exhausted. You're <laughs> exhausted. <laughs> My sweat is drying. Wow. <laughs> Unreal. Uh, Keith, do you have any parting words? I do not. All right, so let's um, go out on a hit single from one of Q4's biggest releases. This is Anaconda from Nicki Minaj. Thanks to all listening, and take care. My Anaconda don't, my Anaconda don't want none unless you got buns, hun. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.